everyone out this morning. Thank you for being here, Putnamville Baptist. Uh, if you are visiting with us, you are our honored guests, and we appreciate you being here. And uh, please let us know if there's anything we can do to be a, a help and a blessing to you. All right, let's go ahead and get started with a word of prayer, and uh, we'll see what the Lord has for us this morning. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house to worship and praise you. Lord, we ask for your presence to be in our presence this morning. Lord, we ask, uh, Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know you, that today would be the day of salvation. Lord, would you speak to our hearts as only you can. Lord, thank you for what you're going to do. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Let's start our singing today with hymn number 397 in our hymn books. 397, if you would stand with me this morning if you're capable. 397, Higher Ground.
For our last hymn this morning, we're going to sing hymn number 433, Tell It to Jesus. We tell everybody else, we need to take it to the Lord, amen. 433. we sing is thank you lord but like i said there's a whole song that goes along with it so i just like to uh share this song with you this morning and thank the lord for all he's done with you for me Amen. and uh, you get to sit in and, and listen to me <clears throat> some thank the lord for friends and home for mercy sure and sweet but I would praise him for his grace. In prayer I would repeat. Thank you, Lord, 
for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so rich and free. Some thank him for the flowers that grow, some for the stars that shine. My heart is filled with joy and praise because I know he's mine. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so rich and free. I trust in him from day to day. I prove his saving grace. I'll sing this song of praise to him until I see his face. Join me on this last chorus. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so rich and free. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. I didn't know that there was other words to that. That's the only words I knew of it, but I do appreciate Brother Tony singing that, and I thank the Lord for saving my soul. This is a month of thanksgiving, and uh, we should have a life of thanksgiving for all that the Lord has done for us and all that He's doing, and so we should all ever be thankful. But uh, this time of the year is the time that we set and, and just praise His name for all that He's done for us and how good He is to us. And uh, I, have to, I have to echo that, that uh, I thank the Lord for His salvation. You see, without him, we'd all be undone. We'd all be doomed to, to hell. But I'm thankful. Uh, I'm thankful this morning that Jesus uh, died for my sins. And, and uh, not only did he die, but he rose from the grave, victorious over death, hell, and the grave, and uh, sitting at the right hand of the Father, making ever intercession for you and I. I hope and pray that you've already been blessed for being here this morning. I know I have. And I appreciate you being here in the Lord's house. I do appreciate the visitors that are here as well this morning. Uh, in Psalm 37, verse 4, that's not where we're going to be, but the Bible says this, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. What is your desire? What is your desire? One of my greatest desires, I guess, for uh, our church and for my own life is that uh, the Lord is present in my life, that I can... Uh, know his presence, that I can feel his presence in my life, that I can see evidence of his presence in my life. And, uh, and can I say this? Um, we need him. We need the Lord. You know, I guess that's probably one of my greatest desires is because I need him. I need him in every facet of my life, whether it's uh, with my family, with my church, 
whatever thy hand finds to do, uh, I, I need the Lord. Um, and can I say this? He's all that I need. He's all that I need. There's a song that sings that. We sing that. Uh, he's all that I need. And, and I can say this, that he is sufficient to meet our needs. His grace is sufficient for thee. Paul said this. He prayed three times asking for the Lord to remove the thorn in the flesh. And three times he prayed it. And this is what the Lord responded in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. He said, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in mine infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Three times Paul asked for this, but God says his grace is sufficient for thee. And God is sufficient. Every believer here today can say that all we are or ever hope to be, we owe it to the Lord. We owe it to him. The psalmist David said this in Psalm 40, verse 2. He said, He brought me also up out, also out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. It was him that done that. Think about this. We are doomed to a devil's hell without Christ. Without him. David said this in Psalm 18 verse 1. He said, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust. My buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised so shall I be saved from mine enemies. I want to preach on this thought this morning, the sufficiency of the Savior. The sufficiency of the Savior. As Jesus and his disciples were uh, going to the Garden of the Gethsemane, uh, just before uh, the Lord uh, being taken, uh, Jesus told uh, his disciples a parable. There in John chapter 15, you'll find it, and John 15, 6 is where I want to pick up this morning, but in John 15, 6, it says this, a very familiar portion of Scripture. The Bible says, I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for this opportunity. Lord, thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace. Thank you for... Uh, salvation. Lord, as we heard Brother Tony sing about this morning, we thank you that we can tell it to Jesus. And Lord, I ask this morning, Lord, for your help. We need you in every, uh, everything that we do. We need you. And Lord, that is no exception this morning. I need your help in this message. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to hearts. The Holy Spirit of God would deal with people, with your, your people, Lord, and convict and, and convince of our need. But also, Lord, that you would uh, comfort and compel us to uh, strive for to live for you. Lord, I pray that you would be exalted and magnified in everything that's said and done. Most importantly, Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know you, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Again, the Bible says here in John 15, 6, he's telling his disciples, he says, I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me, you can do nothing. God says it very clearly here. Without him, we could do nothing. He said, well, what do you mean? I, I do a lot of things without him. Yeah, but those things are going to fade away. Those things are going to burn up in fire. Those things are, are amount to nothing. 
You see, Jesus told them that they could do nothing without him. Without him, we are nothing. Because of him, we, are, we have everything we need. He is so sufficient. He is sufficient to meet the needs. The Apostle Paul said this in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul says uh, on occasion, he says, I am nothing without Christ. He's saying it again here. I am nothing. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. He's saying, I can't do anything without God. I, I need him in my life. And, and listen, folks, we need God so desperately in our lives today. We need Him. We need Him. And I can I tell you, He's sufficient to meet our needs. Paul says again, I am nothing without Christ. Think about that. But because of Him, I am what I am. I am what I am. In 1 Corinthians 1.30 it says, But of Him are ye in Christ Jesus, who God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Paul says here that, that God made Christ to be four things for us. And I'm going to look at those four things uh, and we'll have the message. Because of his sufficiency, number one, I can have wisdom. Because he's sufficient, not in my own wisdom. Can I, can, can I tell you today, there's a lot of people that, uh, that think they know a lot, but they're not wise. They think they have all the wisdom of the world. They're highly educated. And they have all the brains that they think. They've had all kinds of doctors after their name, PhDs and all this stuff. But can I tell you, just because you have MD or PhD or whatever uh, letters after your, your name doesn't make you have wisdom. You see, wisdom is more than just knowing a lot of things. Wisdom is knowing him and making him known. The Bible says in John chapter 8, verse 12, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You see, he gives light. That light is wisdom. Without him, we, listen, without Christ, we would be walking in darkness. Think about before you were saved. You were, uh, you were walking in darkness without him. We read in Proverbs 4, 18, it says, But the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. The path of the wicked is gloomy. It's dark. It's dangerous. But the path of the righteous is open, luminous, and it's instructive. See, the way of the righteousness brings light. Christ is the way and Christ is our light. And I say without him, we don't have light. We don't have the wisdom. We don't have the knowledge. We don't know anything without him. The things of the Spirit don't make sense to us. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.11, it says, For what man knoweth the things of, man, of a man, save the spirit of man, which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but with a, which the Holy Ghost teacheth, 
comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Before we had salvation, before we had the light of the world, before we had that, we walked in darkness. We need him. We need him. The Bible says, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not. Folks, we can have wisdom. Why? Because of his sufficiency. Not because of how much schooling we've had or how much uh, experience we've had, but because of him. He has enlightened us. He has given us light, but also he's given us life. He's the way of understanding. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Without him, life really has no meaning. I mean, I, I, felt, I thought about this. Without Christ, life really has no meaning. I mean, all we have is the here and now. The Bible says in John 10.10, 10, The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. The Lord has came that we might have abundance of life, abundance of grace, abundance of love, abundance of peace, and abundance of salvation. Folks, without Him, we are nothing. Without Christ, life just doesn't make sense. But with Christ, life has meaning. You know, I, I, I think about this all the time, that you know, my life has meaning now because I'm saved. Not because of who I am or what I've done, but because of who he is and what he has done. My life has some meaning now. I'm thankful for that. Number one, because of sufficiency, I can have wisdom. But number two, because of his sufficiency, I am made righteous. I'm made righteous. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him before our salvation now understand this before our salvation we were living in our own righteousness and i i talk to uh people all the time brother doug and i was out knocking on doors the other day and when we were out there was people say this is the most common thing that they say when we ask them if they know for sure that they're going to heaven they say you know what i've done a lot of good things i'm a pretty good person what are they depending on they're depending on their righteousness to get them to heaven can I tell you the Bible, what the Bible says? Before I was saved, this is what the Bible says, but ye are all as unclean things, and all our righteousness as our filthy rags. Before the Lord saved me, I had my own righteousness. And the Bible says those righteous, that those good things, what all those good things that I've done added up to is filthy rags. Again, those filthy rags are those rags that the lepers used as they covered up their sores. And, and once they were so putrid and so bad, they discarded those, those filthy rags. And that's what God compares our righteousness, our good works, the things that we've done. That's what God compares it to, as those filthy rags. You see, I cannot please God because I lived in the flesh. The Bible says in Romans 8.8, 8, So then they that are of the flesh, that are in the flesh, cannot please God. Folks, without Jesus, without salvation, without the Lord in our life, we cannot please God. See, people divide, uh, Paul divided uh, people into two categories. Those who let themselves be controlled by the flesh 
and their sinful nature and those who follow after the Holy Spirit and are being led by the Spirit. After we're saved, we want to continue following Him because He has uh, bringing life to us and, and uh, given us peace. And we must consciously choose to, uh, to walk in, in the center of His will. See, after salvation, my... Uh, before salvation, my righteousness was as filthy rags, but after salvation, my righteousness is beyond comprehension. Now understand this. In my own good works, I, those things add up to nothing. But because of His righteousness, I'm made righteous. Because He died on the cross, I'm made righteous. Since the Lord saved me, now I possess his righteousness. It's not anything that I've done. It's all that he's done in my life. Because of his righteousness, I have a new assignment. I must no longer live solely for myself, but to him. I've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify the Lord in your body and your soul and your spirit, which are his. We belong to Christ. You've been bought with a, a price. We have a new assignment, not to live for ourselves anymore, but to live for God. You see, we are now ambassadors for Christ. The Bible says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though Christ did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. I've been given the ministry of reconciliation there in 2 Corinthians 5.18. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Christ Jesus and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Not only do we have a new assignment, but we have new assurance. I know he's my righteousness. I think about, I think about this, that the, the things that I try to do, the good things that I try to do amount to nothing. But because of him and I possess his righteousness, I'm made righteous. You know, when God the Father looks down upon me, he doesn't see my sins. He sees the blood of Jesus Christ that's made atonement for my sins. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 says, But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, by the Lord, uh, uh, Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in him, have, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. Number one, we see that because of his sufficiency, I can have wisdom, but also I see because of his sufficiency, I'm made righteous. Thirdly, because of his sufficiency, I'm sanctified. 2 Thessalonians 2.13 says, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, uh, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto he called you by our, uh, our gospel to, be, to the obtaining of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I tell you that sanctification means to be made holy. To be made holy. I'm sanctified not because of uh, how good of a person I am or because I give to the church or because I go to the church. It does all those things. Listen to me. That's not what he's talking about. I'm sanctified 
I'm made clean. I'm, I'm holy because of him. You see, he's sufficient. There in Ephesians 5, 23, it says, For the husband's ahead of the wife, even as Christ is ahead of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ so loved the church and gave himself for it, that ye might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might... Presented to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blameless. Without blame. You, uh, you know, the thing of it is, is he has cleansed me. You know, I, I've talked to people and they say, you know, before I start going to church, I need to clean up my life. You ever talk to anybody like that? Oh, I got to stop doing this. I've got to stop uh, cussing and, and lying and, and smoking and all these. I got to quit doing those things. I read in God's word that he never said that. You see, if we would just trust him and when we get saved, God does the cleansing. God's the one that cleans us up. You know, we'll do the fishing, he does the cleaning. That's I heard somebody say that one time. I thought that was pretty good. See, he's, he's the one that has cleansed me. The Bible says this, talking about David. He, David had sinned against the Lord, and he finally came to the point where he realized that he sinned against the Lord, and he said, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Folks, it's not because of the things that I've done that's going to make me clean. What's going to make me clean is because of what he has done. See, not only has he cleansed me, but he has changed me. You know, God has changed me. I'm not what I used to be. And if you're saved, you should not be what you used to be either. Amen. See, God, when God comes into a person, God saves a person, they're immediately changed. They're a new creature. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, it says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? But be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor uh, idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. That's, that's pretty sad news, isn't it? But this, listen to this next part. It says, And such were some of you. And such were some of you. But ye are washed. But ye are sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Folks, He's changed us. You know, we used to, well, we used to be idolaters and, 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 and uh, deceivers and, and uh, uh abusers of themselves and we used to do all those things and but folks can I tell you God has changed me and he's changed you we are new creatures in Christ Jesus the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 17 therefore if any man be in Christ he is a new creature old things are passed away behold all things are become new you say well I'm not what I should be neither am I but I can tell you this, I'm not what I was either. It's called progressive sanctification. I'm continually growing and growing and growing to be more and more like Christ. I'm not where I sh all that I, am, I should be, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. And I'll never be that ultimate perfect person until I get to heaven. 
We should strive to live and to be more like Christ. You see, I'm a saint. Not because of what I've done, but because He's made me a saint. Not because I'm perfect, because He's perfect. For He has made me holy. Christ, Christians are brand new people. We are the saints of God. The believers uh, are created a, a new heart. You see, not only is a Christian's new heart set, it's not just set right, but it, he has given us a new heart. You see, he is the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus unto good works. I hear people say, well, you know, they, they want to do these things, you know, in order to be saved. That's work salvation. I, I need to go to church. I, I have to read my Bible. I have to do these things. No, you don't have to do any of those things. But because I'm saved, I want to go to church. Because I'm saved, I want to read my Bible. Because I'm saved, I want to live a Christian life. Not, because, not in order to be saved, but because I'm saved. Get the difference there. Because I'm saved, I'm a new creature. You see, the man who formerly saw no beauty in the Savior that he should desire him now loves him above all things. I can tell you, I was that man that didn't have, didn't desire the things of God, didn't want to have anything to do with the things of God, but God changed me, and I'm a new creature. But then I want you to notice the last thing here, I'm redeemed because of his sufficiency. Ephesians 1, 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace you see only his blood can redeem us from sin you can listen we can go out and we can we can go and and sacrifice like they did in the old testament can i tell you it's not going to work you can go out and give all the money that you have to the church it's not going to get you to heaven. It's not going to redeem you. Only His blood can redeem us from our sins. The Bible says, 1 Peter 1.18, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, for your vain conversation received by traditions from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, that raised him from the dead, and, glory, and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. The hymn writer wrote this, What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing 
but the blood of Jesus. Listen, folks, if you're looking to anything, anything outside of Jesus Christ and His blood that was shed for you on, on the cross for your salvation, listen, you're, you're looking in vain. You're going to die and spend eternity in hell without the blood of Jesus Christ applied to your life. It costs more to redeem than it did to create us. In the creation, there was but the speaking of God's word. In redeeming, it was the shedding of the word, the Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah 53, 6 says, We all, like, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us have turned to his own way. Although God has a right to own us because he created us, he gave us the option of free will to choose to accept that free gift of salvation. We choose to sin and did not love him. When you were born, listen to me, every person in this room was born a sinner because of the race, because of Adam, and also because of choice. We, cho we chose to sin. You say, I, I never chose to sin. I didn't want to sin. No, you chose to sin. We all did. See, Jesus Christ, in response, he chose to send out, uh, God the Father chose to send out his only begotten son to die for our sins, to hunt us down, to redeem us at a terrible cost, the cost of his own life. The blood of Jesus Christ is the only thing that can redeem us, but also only his blood can release us from sin. Only his blood. Hebrews 9.22 it says, Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. There's no forgiveness. There's no forgiveness apart from his blood applied to our lives. Paul tells us in speaking to Christ and his sacrifice, he says there in Ephesians 1.7, In whom we have redemption through his blood. See, the Father, by grace, has bestowed upon us the redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ became the great high priest. He was the sacrifice and he was the priest. And he came and he sprinkled the blood upon the mercy seat for your sins and for mine. The Bible teaches us in Romans 6.14, Sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are under grace. Only the blood can release us from sin. And listen, after all these things, I believe that Christ is due the glory. Christ is due the glory. 1 Corinthians 1.31 says that, According as it is written, He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. It's not, I said that Christ is sufficient. It's nothing. Folks, get a hold of that. It's nothing that you can do. Our salvation, our righteousness... It's nothing that we've done. It's all because of what he's done. There's no boasting to self. The Bible says uh, that uh, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If we could save ourselves, you know what we'd be doing? We'd be going around tooting our own horn, how good and how, how, how much uh, 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 good of a person we are. But the Bible says there's none good, no, not one. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. All glory belongs to him. No one here today that is saved can say, I'm saved today because I did this or I did that. I, you know what I did to deserve my salvation? I, I went to church every day, every time the church doors were open for 17 years. That's how I got saved. No. You can do that, but it isn't going to save you. 
I gave my whole paycheck for two years in a row to the church. You can do that, but it's not going to save you. It's all because of his sufficiency, all because of what he has done. The blessings belong to the Savior. Psalm 34, 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Folks, we're going into a month of thanksgiving. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our praise. He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord, not in what you've done. There's no self-made men or women in this room. It's all because of him. Paul wrote this letter, these words, and in in he said that according as it's written, the question is, what was Paul making reference to? He's making reference to this. He says in Jeremiah 9, he says, Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his own wisdom, nor let the mighty man glory in his own might, nor the, let the rich man glory in his riches, but rather let him glory, him that glorieth, glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness and judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. It's all him, folks. Until we come to the point that we realize I am nothing and he is everything. I can't do it, but he can. Folks, we'll never have the understanding, the wisdom that God intended it for us to have. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. In this world of sin and sorrow, ending soon in death and judgment, how foolish for men to glory in their knowledge, their health, their strength, their riches, their... But if you're saved today, Christ is due all the glory and all the honor because he is sufficient. He's the one that saved you. He loved us when we were unlovable. He strengthened us when we were without strength. He saved us when all hope was gone and we thought we were unsavable. He's sufficient. I can say for myself today, I can't do anything without him. But because of him, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I hope that's your prayer this morning. I hope that's your testimony. You're here today and you say, Pastor, I just don't know for sure. No one else is looking around. I'm just going to ask you this question. You say, Pastor, I don't know for sure that if I was to die today, I'd go to heaven. Maybe you've been trusting in something that you've done, some good works, but you've never truly trusted in what Jesus has done. You say, Pastor, pray for me. I just don't know for sure if I was to die today, I'd go to heaven. Anyone like that? Would you raise your hand? Would you be honest enough? Thank you. Anyone else? Pastor, pray for me. Anyone? Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm saved, but I haven't been living for God like I should. I've been trying to live to, according to my own righteousness. I've been trying to do it in my own strength. Pastor, I need your prayers. My life just isn't what it should be for the Lord. Pastor, would you pray for me? Anyone like that? Would you raise your hand? Thank you for your honesty. Anyone else? Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Anyone else? I just want to pray for you. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, you know the hearts most importantly. Lord, I've seen the hands, but you know the hearts of each person here. 
And Lord, if there's one here today, Lord, that just doesn't know for sure, Lord, I pray that you would convince them of their need for salvation. Not because they prayed a prayer or because they followed a plan, but because they've truly trusted in the person of Jesus Christ. Lord, do a great work that only you can get the glory for. Lord, for those that raised their hand, there was many that raised their hand that had to testify to the fact that they're not what they should be. They're not living the way they should be. There's some things in their life that's just not right. Lord, you said in your word in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, may we confess those sins to you and have that clean slate and live for you. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do. We give you all the glory, the praise, and the honor that's due. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Miss Haley is going to begin playing softly. Would you stand to your feet? God has spoke to your heart this morning. I'm going to encourage you to come. Maybe it's to draw closer to the Lord. Maybe it's just to say, Lord, I'm not what I should be. God, help me to walk daily in your ways. Maybe you're here and you say, I'm not saved. I just don't know for sure. Won't you come and get that settled today? You realize this, and I'm not trying to scare you, but the Bible teaches us that life is but a vapor that appears for just a short season and then vanishes away. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. We have no idea what's on the morrow. We have no idea if we'll have another breath. Again, I'm not trying to scare you, but I would not pillow my head at night tonight without knowing that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. For you that raise your hands, there are some areas in your life that's just not right. Won't you get that settled? He says if you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us. That's not for salvation. If you're saved, that's not for salvation. You can't lose your salvation. But it's for fellowship. It's that sweet fellowship that we need to desire to have. seated. do want to give you just a few announcements as the men come forward. We'll take up this morning's tithes and offerings. I want to remind you of a couple things. Um, this coming Saturday is a big work day here for Back to Bethlehem. So if you could come, what time do you want to get started, Brother Adam? 10 o'clock Saturday morning. Uh, if you could come, give an hour, two hours, uh, spend the whole day. Uh, we'll make sure that uh, you have food to eat, all right? So we'll probably get pizza or something if you plan on sticking around for most of the day. And even if you can come for a couple hours, that'd be a great blessing. Uh, we got a lot to get done. And just, I think, what is it, four weeks. And four weeks when we have back to Bethlehem. So we need all the help that we can get. Then I want to remind you that uh, Sunday, November the 19th, uh, we're going to have uh, Thanksgiving dinner here at the church. So we want to encourage everyone to stick around, bring a covered dish. The church will provide uh, the meat. We'll have turkey and ham. And I uh, want you to stick around. We'll have a short afternoon service, no p.m. service on the 19th, just so you know that. And then Tuesday, November the 21st, uh, this is one of the, our favorite services, Pie and Testify service. And uh, I want you to bring your favorite pie. Uh, that's kind of hard for Brother Greg because he has only two favorites, hot and cold. And so uh, 
but I'm sure he'll bring something good. And, well, Miss Suzanne will. He's, he's just probably going to eat them. And, uh, but anyways, Pie and Testify service, that's on Tuesday. We'll have no Wednesday service. I know there's a lot of folks getting ready for Thanksgiving and such. you got family coming in. So we want you to spend time with your family. And then Friday through Sunday, December 1st to the 3rd, is our Back to Bethlehem. Hope that you're praying for that uh, right now. Pray that someone is saved uh, during that, uh, that ministry there. I know, I know that's how we're praying. Then we want to say happy birthday to Miss Betty Buchanan. Uh, Miss Betty's uh, turning 29 today, and uh, uh, she, she uh, brother Ed married her when he was uh, when she was 10. Uh, so he told me so he could train her in the way she should go, and so that's why he's so much older than her. And uh, but anyways, we wish her a happy birthday, Miss Betty. And then I want to say missionary of the week, uh, Eric and Christine Mossman. Our deacon week, brother Ed Buchanan. Our family week, uh, Brother Aaron Amos, remember him in your prayers. Our trustee of the week, Brother Tim Watson. And uh, I think that's all the things that I announcements I have. would ask also that you would pray for my dad. Um, his sister went home to be with the Lord on Friday, and they're going to have a funeral service on Tuesday this coming week. You just pray for him and the family as they're traveling uh, to Kentucky. Uh, some say that's God's country. I, I don't know about that, but you pray for him as... Uh, as he goes there. Yes, Miss Pam. Yes, uh, thanks for reminding me. This Tuesday, uh, invite anybody that would like to, but this Tuesday we have a preacher's fellowship, and there will be other folks, not just preachers here, but uh, uh, we'll have three fabulous preachers, fantastic preachers here during the day. starts at 10 o'clock, and then um, it'll go till about 12 or so, and then we'll have lunch. So if you any anyone would like to help out with that, bring some uh, food in. Miss Pam's helping Miss uh, Melinda see them, and they can uh, uh, Miss Kimberly see them. They can help you get uh, things situated, what to bring, and and such. I'm letting them handle all that stuff. So uh, if you could be a blessing, that would be that'd be such a help to me. All right, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer for our offering, Brother Eli, sir. Would you please? Thank you for being here. Um, 
We're praying about uh, tonight's services. You may be getting a phone call. Uh, Brother Ed told me that there's supposed to be a hailstorm coming right around 5.30 or so. And so uh, we're going to just watch the weather a little bit. Uh, you may be getting a phone call. Uh, no service tonight. I don't know yet. We're still praying about that and seeing uh, how the weather's going to be. So you just keep in mind that. Brother Greg, sir, would you please close us? Salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we just pray and thank the Lord to give us life, life more abundantly, and eternal life, hope, guarantee of heaven. Father, we pray for what you go with us now. Pray to keep your hands safely upon us, Lord. Keep us out of any accidents that cause any. Lord, we just bless the remainder of this day. We pray in Jesus' name.